Okay, good morning. We are about ready to get started here. Thanks to the uh, Board of Fellowship for getting our donuts uh, going again on Sunday morning. Thank you, Fellowship Board. Yay. Our donut shop that we had been using for many years closed down, and so now I think we get our donuts from Kroger Bakery, I think, somewhere like that, but they sure are good. Thank you very much. Um, let's see, a couple of just housekeeping things. Um, if you are at early service this morning, you noticed that we were uh, emphasizing uh, Christmas with our colors. We had red for the pyramids, and the pastors had green for their stoles. We are not colorblind. We are not very smart. We don't pay attention to our own calendar. I noticed it about halfway through the sermon. I looked at Pastor Grady in the pulpit, and I thought, he's wearing the wrong color stole. And then I looked down, found the log in my own eye. So anyway, we'll fix that for second service. Please don't send the liturgical Nazi police after us. Um, let's see, there was something else I was going to mention. I can't remember what it was. I should have wrote it down. Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, we've got uh, coming into now, this is kind of these three Sundays, kind of festival Sundays. So next Sunday, of course, will be Reformation observed. Technically, it's on the 31st, but we always pick a Sunday that's uh, closest to it. And we actually will have a guest here for Bible class next week, Reverend Dr. Gerald Paul. He is the newly uh, appointed and called missionary for the uh, Cayman Islands. So as you, some of you may be aware, Pastor Feeney did a, don't quote me on this, four, five-month stint, something like that last year, uh, as kind of a vacancy-slash-missionary pastor position. And so the Synod has now um, assigned a missionary uh, to the Cayman Islands. Thanks be to God for that, to try and get things going. So he's going to present to us a little bit about his mission work next Sunday. Um, and I invited him to preach, but this next week he's going to be going through all of his missionary training in St. Louis. And he said, Marcus, if, if, if I could not write a sermon in the midst of doing 20 other things, that'd be great. I said, no problem. So, um, so he's just going to do Bible class and uh, will tell us what's going on there. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, continue to support uh, the work uh, down south. So that's what's going on then next Sunday. Uh, of course, uh, Festival Sunday for Reformation. So we'll be using uh, a little bit more of a uh, modified Luther's Mass, uh, which is similar to Divine Service Setting 5 out of the hymnal. And so festival service, um, great job, by the way, musicians this morning. Wow, we're, we're so blessed here with talent. And then uh, the following Sunday, of course, is All Saints Day. Uh, All Saints Day is where we give thanks, first and foremost, for those who have died in the faith and now rest from their labors, uh, those we will see again. And so one of the longstanding traditions in the church is to um, uh, speak the names of those who have passed. Uh, we're not praying to them. We're giving thanks to them over the course of the past year. Um, and I'm sure many of you have uh, other family members that perhaps uh, have died and now rest from their labors. And it's a good opportunity to give thanks to God for them on All Saints Day. All Saints Day, of course, we also remember that in faith, all of us are also made saints. 
And so our salvation is uh, made secure and assured through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we've got some wonderful hymns and scripture text. Um, and then after that, we've got kind of a couple end-of-the-year, church-year uh, texts where we deal with uh, Christ's return and Judgment Day that yet awaits. And, uh, and then we've got uh, kind of sandwiched in there the civic holiday of Thanksgiving, uh, which is a wonderful opportunity to give thanks for the country and the freedoms that we have here. So Thanksgiving Day service, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then we start the season of Advent. We start the church year all over again, okay? Uh, just a heads up real quick, once we get into Advent, we're still going to have our Wednesday evening Advent services, but they will, they'll be at the normal time of 7 o'clock. So we, we have been um, observing a Wednesday service. Uh, many of you have joined us, joined us for that, and that's at 6.30. But then during the season of Advent, that'll be at 7 o'clock. And, uh, and as of right now, we're still planning on having an Advent meal at those services. Uh, the council needs to review and go through all those details. So stay tuned, pay attention to your Friday email announcements and all of that stuff. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, so today was uh, St. Luke the Evangelist. This is a festival Sunday. If you're ever curious when we observe different days, if you look in the front of your hymnal, there is a list of the church here. And it gives all of what we would call kind of the ordinaries, the ordinary days. And then there are special feast days. And so our custom uh, here at Advent uh, pretty much is now that if a feast day falls on a Sunday, we'll observe that special feast uh, and observance. So that's kind of what happened today with St. Luke. Um, Luke is a, is a very interesting man. There's a lot we don't know about him. He was a physician. Um, some academics uh, believe that he was not Jewish. Um, others say that he was. Um, he would not have been included in the initial uh, grouping um, of the apostles themselves, uh, but he did travel with Paul extensively throughout his journeys. And so he recorded uh, First Luke and Second Luke. Have you ever heard of that book, Second Luke? That's Acts. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dr. Justin and others at seminary would tell you they probably should have just renamed that book um, because it's really just a continuation from uh, Luke's gospel, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and well done, okay? So a little uh, fodder for you this week if you want to do some additional study on your own. Okay, any other questions on Daniel uh, or anything else that we need to cover before we dive here into the middle of the fiery furnace? That's kind of where we ended last week with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, uh, and that's where we're going to pick up today. But uh, if there's any, uh, anything you just need to ask or go, we'll do that. Nothing? All right, good. Peace be with you. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us this day as we hear and study your word, which comes to us to lead us, to guide us. And more than that, it points us to, to he who stands in the midst of the fires of, of this life, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who has come to redeem us. And, and, and now, as you have sent the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, to enable us to, to live holy lives before you with, with our good works, uh, continue to direct us, O Lord, to this same faith, to our baptism, to your gifts, and continue to bless our church. All these things uh, we're bold to ask in your name. Amen. Okay, so let's pick up here uh, Daniel chapter 3. Go, let's, let's go back to the Bible. Let's start with the Bible here first. And um, we're, I just want to pick up real quick on... Um, 20, let's go, let's, let's look at, uh, so, uh, middle of chapter three, okay, 
So verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was, was filled with fury. This is a review from last week. The expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, so dear King uh, Neb, let's just call him King Neb, it's shortened, and uh, he's, he's upset because they've disobeyed, you know, his order. So he ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Uh, again, we've excavated some of these uh, kilns or smelters that they would have had, uh, normally a hole on top and then a hole on the bottom where the finished product would be taken out. So they would have been most likely thrown, uh, which is the, the, the direction we're given here in the Aramaic. They were, they were thrown down into the fire. Um, and uh, uh, because the king's order was urgent, the furnace was overheated. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up, right? So up to the top, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the, these mighty men... These soldiers who would do anything their king asked of them were killed just by taking them up to the top of it, <laughs> okay? So that's, that's kind of fascinating when you just kind of get this, you know, uh, you think about this. Um, as a kid, so I was born in Kansas City. We moved down to southeast Missouri, and my parents bought a 250-acre timber farm. The plan was to turn it into a, um, a Lutheran camp, if you will a place for people to come, and, uh, and not only camp, a place for youth groups to come, and that sort of thing. And, um, and long story short, the, the funding fell through on that with the Missouri Synod. This would have been back in the uh, mid-late 70s. And so um, uh, my dad, who was an artist, started making jewelry boxes and had his art studios down there. We had one large building that had all of our woodworking equipment and stored a lot of our possessions and that sort of thing. And uh, my grandma, who now rests from her labors, was down visiting us one summer. And we see this just kind of curl of smoke rising up from the valley. So our house kind of sat up on a hill. Have you ever been down to T.C. Steele's residence, the artist, down uh, outside of uh, Nashville, Indiana? My wife and I were just there Thursday, Friday. And the house sits up on a hill. And then there's kind of this, this path, this driveway that goes all, all the way down. And it was very similar to kind of where I grew up. Not that I'm comparing my dad to T.C. Steele or anything like that, um, but sat up on top of the hill, and then down the valley, you know, we had, had the garden down there and uh, had all the buildings and a lodge where the loggers actually would stay when they would cut down the trees and all that stuff, and we saw a wisp of smoke coming up, and we'd had some employees that had left some varnishing rags in a bucket, and they combusted and uh, started a fire, and of course, all the buildings are just wood, and... And, and the reason I'm sharing this with you was, you know, we were half an hour outside of Perryville, Missouri, right on the edge of Mark Twain National Forest, okay, which is the next national forest west of Hoosier National Forest, if you know a little bit about your national forest. And, um, and, and so the volunteer fire department, it took them like 45 minutes to get there. You couldn't get within, you know, you see the basketball goal, you know, out there in the end of the parking lot. You know, you, you couldn't get... If I were to be down in the playground right there, you would probably singe your hair. The fire was just so hot. You just couldn't even get close to it. And so even when the volunteer fire department showed up, you know, they're trying to shoot water a long ways on the wooden bill, and it was just, it just burned so hot and so fast. And so every time I read the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this fire that's so hot that the guys who carry them and drop them into it are burned up, and of course Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego aren't, okay, 
So that's kind of the first miracle already. We see that God is protecting them. Um, it's just just amazing, right? And if you've ever had a fire or anything, you can still smell it. You know what I mean? If you've ever had a house that's burned or something like that, it's just a, a smell that you just you never you never really lose, and you never want anybody else to experience uh, if they've had a fire like that. So here we go: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, so they're thrown into the fire. They actually fell. So these three men, they're bound. So these other men took them up on top of the hole. These other guys perish before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are actually in there. And, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then fall into the furnace. Okay. Then 24, and this is where it gets really interesting, King Neb was astonished and he rose up in haste. So he's obviously looking. He's got to be at some distance so he must be looking through the lower window or portal of where they would they were, um, and uh, wow! Did we not cast three men bound in the fire? And they answered and said to the king, "True, O king." He said, "But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods." Okay, so who's with you in the midst of the fires of your life? So I don't want to get too pietistic here in many respects, but you have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is with you in your baptism, uh, who sends his holy angels to watch over you, and you entertain them even unawares that they're there. Um, and so the, the, the Lord continues to provide for us in ways we don't understand, and this is a very miraculous one right here. Um, and so the king declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, 27. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of these men. Now just close your eyes and listen to these words. Close your, yeah, open your ears, close your eyes. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Okay. Now, when I go up to the seminary to hang out with some of the professors and some of my pastor buddies, they like cigars. And I enjoy a cigar every now and then. I don't smoke them very often. But you know what my wife always notices when I come home? Strip down in the garage. Don't you dare come in here. She's not that bad. But she can smell it a mile away. So how much more, right, if you've ever been camping, campfire, you've had s'mores, you've got a fire pit outside, you can, you can smell the smoke or even just grilling, and that's a wonderful smell, right? Or you're smoking some meat. <laughs> what a great smell. There's no smell on these guys. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nada. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, we still see Nebuchadnezzar is a little bipolar here with his confession of faith. So he he's obviously has already recognized because of Daniel's interpretation of the dream that this is a big, important God, but obviously he doesn't get it because Nebuchadnezzar is the one that set up the golden image himself, <laughs> okay, um, who has sent his angel, delivered his servants, uh, in Aramaic there he uses the word angel, which is interesting, delivered his servants who trusted him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. Oh, yeah, that's just what that god would want. Oh, well, maybe. 
and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Okay? What strikes you about that story of just about those, those last 10 or 12 verses that I read that maybe you didn't realize before? Or anything I didn't mention that you're just like, huh, that's interesting. Any other connections to any other parts of Scripture? Yeah, we haven't got to the lion's den yet, correct? Is say that last part? Oh yeah, you think you think Neb, you think King Neb is going to change his mind again, <laughs> or not get it? Yeah. Good question or good point that he's proclaiming the power of this God, but not really worshiping Him. I mean, King, you know, let's be fair. Neb has gotten to the position that he's arrived at. Because he's, he's, he's well, i got to be careful how I use this term. He's a politician. Is that fair? I mean, in the sense that he knows how to make a lot of different people happy. You can never make everybody happy, correct? You can't. You're not going to please everybody in some way, shape, or form. But, but he's gotten to the position he is because he's able to uh, lead and guide and people are following him. He also, in, in Babylon, which is, is, was very you know, polytheistic, and we see some semblance of this with the iron and, uh, you know, the clay that come later. The Roman government, right? So the Romans were big on this. They would allow each nation, province that they conquered to do what? Worship their own gods, right? Of course, their underlying belief as Roman citizens was who was the one true God? Caesar, okay? Or at least that, that then developed in Roman culture that you had the worship then of Caesar in terms of a divinity. Um, and so with, with Nebuchadnezzar, um, yeah, we really, my opinion, we see him just kind of playing things. He recognizes the power and the authority. And so he kind of gives lip service to that. Um, but is he really worshiping that God? I, don't, I would agree with you. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Any other comments on that? Or Yes, ma'am. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. For there is no other God. Now, make sure you understand the, the qualifying part of that sentence. Not that there's no other God, period. There is no other God who is able to rescue in this way, right? So I, I, I'm not sure Nebuchadnezzar, Neb is still at the point where he's like, oh, this is the only God. This is the only God who can rescue in this way. You know, who can kind of do this. So, yeah, don't worry. We'll have more time here through the rest of Daniel to dive into the crazy mind and head of, uh, of Neb, our uh, newfound friend. Okay? Any other comments on that text before we dive into it? Let's look at a few of the questions here. Let's go back to the, the Bible study section. I'm going to highlight a few of these. I think I passed this out last week. Um, okay. So Daniel 3, this is 24 to 27. And let me hear. I don't have to get a crink in my neck. Let me pull it out here. Um, what did I do with it? Sorry. Not there. Okay. In the Greek translations of Daniel. Wow, my notes were all messed up. Sorry. 
Yeah, I'm the guy that wore green stoles and I was supposed to wear red today, so there we go. In the Greek translation of Daniel, there occurs a lengthy addition between verses 23 and 24. This insertion consists largely of two canticles of prayers. A version of the latter of these is given in some hymnals, uh, LW, the Song of the Three Children. Uh, Read through the canticle. Why would the Greek, here's the question, the Greek translators have felt it appropriate to include a hymn at this point? So let's look at 24 through 27. Okay. Now, where's my other notes on that? That's not right. I had some notes written down that I can't find it. Okay, any thoughts on that one? I'm just going to throw that one out there. Greek translation, Daniel occurs lengthy edition. Is that the right? That's right. Felt appropriate to close a hymn at this point. Where are my notes? I don't know. I'm in La La Land today. Um, look at your Lutheran study Bibles if you have that with you on 3 verse 23. So uh, following this verse, so there is actually, and it's included in the Lutheran study Bible, um, the Septuagint, so this is the, the, the Greek translation, right, includes the prayer of Azariah and the song of the three holy children. So that's inserted into the middle of it. So here's the question for you, giving you that background, um, is why would they have added a hymn in the midst of that? It's not showing up in your, your regular Bible translations. But why would there be a prayer that would be included there in the midst of the king's scene, the three men in the fiery furnace, and now what appears to be a son of the gods. Why would the Greek translators have inserted a prayer into Holy Scripture? Yeah? Uh, thanks, thanksgiving to God. Uh, what did uh, uh, Moses do after the parting of the Red Sea? Do you remember? And Miriam, and I mean, we've got we've got a number of of, of times. Think as well. Um, who's the guy with the cinnamon rolls? Simeon. My kids always called him that. Simeon, right? So they present. Mary and Joseph bring baby Jesus to the temple, and what does Simeon do? He breaks out in, and we sing it every Sunday, the Nunc Dimittis, now depart in peace, okay? So this is, this is a, a prayer of, uh, of thanks and salvation. Um, question two, what indications that a miraculous deliverance had taken place are mentioned in 325? But I see four men, Neb said, unbound, walk in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt. The appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, Nebuchadnezzar does what? He sees. What does Philip say to Nathaniel? Come and come and see. Come and see. Right? So there's always this emphasis upon seeing what the Lord has done. Right? Um, and to be fair, that's a good reason for you to invite your friends to church. 
Come and see what the Lord is doing. And what will your friends, non-Christians or non-Lutherans, see when they come to church with you on Sunday morning? What are you going to help explain to them what they're seeing? You ever thought about that? Some of you are like, I'm not inviting my friends, and i got to deal with the whole closed communion issue or, you know, or the liturgy, and they're not liturgical people, and I'm not sure I want it. I'd just be honest. I mean, that's the way you Lutherans are, correct? So think about that. What are they going to see? It, it's kind of fun that way, you know. Why do you see the pastors dressed in white or the assistants, acolytes, crucifers? What's going on? Okay. Uh, what's going on, uh, you know, up front? You know, why do the pastors, you know, turn their backs to you? You would never do that in a contemporary service. You know, what's going on? What's the flow? What's that? What's that thing in the middle, up right in the middle of the aisle at the front? What is that thing? Baptismal font. You know, I mean, what 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 are pastors doing up around the altar, right? Um. Why is only pastor saying the Lord's Prayer when we use Divine Service 3? That silly pastor, he thinks that prayer is just for him. But you get to say, no, come and see. Jesus is giving us his prayer through the pastors. He's teaching us how to pray. Oh, that's a little different. You see? I mean, there's a lot of things when you think about it that way. Okay, sorry to get you going so early on a Sunday morning, but come and see. Come and see what marvelous works the Lord is doing. I mean, forgiveness of sins. I mean, life and salvation. Who is the fourth figure seen by Nebuchadnezzar? What do you think? Raise your hand if you think it's Jesus. It might have been. Raise your hand if you'd like to think it's Jesus, but you're not sure. That should probably be all of you. We we don't really know for sure whether this was Jesus or not. Um, It very well might have been. Keep in mind, you know, Jesus had not you know, um, taken on human flesh yet, no incarnation yet, but Jesus as the Word of God yet was and always has been. Um, And so we're going to get into a little bit of this imagery when we get into Revelation as well. Um, uh, Angel, um, uh, Angelon, Malachi, there's different names that are used for God's messengers, um, those he sends. And Jesus, of course, is, is the chief amongst them as the Word. So it's through the word that, all, that, that God the Father creates everything, right? So, so the word is literally uh, the oral, uh, the verb, the action of God the Father at work, okay? Um, so thus you have uh, Genesis chapter 1, um, in the beginning God, the Father created the heavens and the earth, or just God in general, right? So God the Father's there, and the surface, wa- the spirit was... Hovering over the face of the deep, and verse 3, and God spoke, said. There's the word, the verba, right? So John 1 ties that in together. And that's why for Christmas Day every year, that's the text we get Christmas Day morning, is John 1, 1 to 14. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the word was with God in the beginning. And then John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, Okay. So regardless, you've got this, this, this fourth uh, person who looks like a son of the gods. So you're thinking of, of, of Jesus, you know, transfigured perhaps with, you know, Moses and Elijah around him. But of course, Jesus not yet with flesh on. Um, or the appearance really of any of the angels. Um, 
you know, Gabriel and Michael, anytime there is um, an appearance of the angel, uh, there is light, there is brightness, and of course people fall down, you know, again, pee your pants moment, it's, it's, it's scary. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, peace be with you, do not be afraid. Okay, any other comments on that before we move on? What confession was made by the king, 326? What did he say? Servants of the Most High God, okay? Um, Do you think it was a confession of faith in the God of Judah as the only true God? I don't think it was either. Uh, Neb doesn't have me convinced yet because I'm not sure that he's listened and followed already what's going on. Um, I think he's he's either conflicted uh, or he just, wow, there's some power here and I need to be very careful how I deal with this. Okay, so he's 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 thinking in terms of his his hold and his grasp on the Babylonian kingdom. Question four: What further evidence of the extent of the miracle are given in three twenty-seven? No smell of smoke, no singeing, no evidence at all. I mean, fire did not even affect them any way, shape, or form. Okay, purely uh, purely miraculous. Okay. Let's move on, Nebuchadnezzar's degree, uh, 328 to 30. What did the king state about the three young men and their God in 3 verse 28? What did he say? He gives a blessing, blessed be the God, and notice how he says this, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you, if you go back and look on the situation with Daniel and his interpretation of the dream, it's the emphasis of the God of Daniel. So it's kind of like your God as opposed to the one true God. See the difference? Okay. The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him and set aside the king's command. So you've got kind of one set against the other. Those, you know, they trusted in their God, but yet you've got the king's command, and they chose their God uh, as opposed to the king's command. Uh, so there's a little contradiction there. Yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. So there's the emphasis again in terms of possessive, their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Okay, and we're not supposed to go quite that far yet. So what did what did the king, yeah, what did he say? So what's he saying here, if anything? Yeah, be careful with this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, because you might be killed. Let's uh, let's jump to Hebrews chapter. Uh, what do we got there? My notes came unstapled here. Hebrews eleven thirty two to thirty four. Pull that up real quick. If you got your Bibles, or just look up on the screen. Hebrews eleven thirty two to thirty four. Okay. Okay, I'll read upside down. You ready? Here we go. Uh, What more shall I say for time, you're supposed to be reading with me, would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, 
became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Okay, let's stop there. Don't write a sentence like that for your English teacher. She'll red ink it like crazy. Okay, um, so here you've got all these accounts of God doing what? Saving his people, rescuing his people. Okay, Or we would simply say, say it this way, God preserving the faithful. Now, I want you to make this connection. Okay, Are you the faithful? Are you a saint? Have you, are you baptized? Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Therefore, what promises does God make to you? He's going to preserve you. Yeah, he's going to preserve you even, even through death, okay? Because interestingly enough, I mean, even at the time of the writing of Hebrews, none of these guys are still alive, are they? <laughs> they're, they're dead, buried in the ground somewhere, but yet alive, okay? Question in the back? Ooh, three musketeers, okay. And that they knew they were going to be saved? I would assume they were. I mean, but Scripture doesn't go into detail, obviously, in terms of, you know, they agonize about this. For them, it was just, this is our faith. I mean, keep in mind, they've been captured, drugged to a foreign land, right? So they, they've been they're slaves. So this this is something that <laughs> I don't know that any of us could relate to in any way, shape, or form. So they have been uprooted from their homes, taken to a foreign country. Um, they have been, you know, respectful, honorable, and they've tried to maintain their their traditions, especially in terms of their faith in the midst of that. So I would imagine they've already seen some pretty horrible things. Um, and just like with you know, I, I, when I was back in, in Nebraska, um, I, I had an, an elder who was um, a, a veteran of uh, three tours uh, through the uh, um, Nebraska National Guard uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, he struggled with PTSD. Um, and so there were a lot of things that should normally provoke emotion in him in various ways. And he was so desensitized that it affected, you name it, <laughs> marriage, relationships, just things in general. Um, and, and, and because of him, I, I ended up doing some pastoral counseling for a number of his other you know, buddies who just needed somebody to talk to and trying to figure out, you know, when their wives would say, you know, hey, Bob is, is not the same man he used to be. Well, no, he's not. His brain has also been rewired a little differently. The reason I bring this up is here you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who they had seen some, I'm sure, some horrible things, right? So they're probably at the point where it's kind of come see, come saw. If it's my time to die, it's my time to die. And I think for the rest of us, we'd face something like this. I'd like to think that I would have the wherewithal to stand firm in my faith <laughs> and to, 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 to do that. But 
I can also tell you that I would be tempted to be thinking about my wife and kids and, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go ahead and, and bow down to this image, but I won't really pray in my mind, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to give my whole heart into this, but I'm just going to get along and go along with it. You know, you can take my body, but you can't take my soul kind of thing. I mean, and <laughs> it's tough for us to, I think, relate to everything they had experienced. That would be my best answer for you. Anybody else want to try answering that one? You think they were scared? Yeah. Let's go back and look at that real quick. Um, I do not deserve, these are the certain, Shadrach, Meshach, because he questions them. I need to get a bigger bigger Bible text. I need a bigger one. Furious Rage. 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Of course, keep in mind, their faith is, is also what? Would there have been a, a, a belief in eternity yet to come? Keep in mind the big difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees of Jesus' time. What's one of the big differences between them? One believes in a resurrection, one doesn't. Okay. So um, certainly the concept of, of, of uh, resting with the fathers, with Abraham, uh, with his bosom. Um, and so on one hand, you could say their faith simply trusts that the Lord's going to preserve them no matter what, which is what we would say too, right? I know if I die, whether it's in a car accident or, you know, I, I get COVID and I have other complications or, you know, um, heart attack, um, I had a, um, a friend of mine from seminary um, that just this last week was getting ready to take a call to a new church, actually, in the English district. And, um, and uh, he went to bed one night, 42 years old, five years, four or five years younger than I am, and uh, didn't get up in the morning. Just died in his sleep. Uh, wife and, and daughter. And um, I, I mean, I, I doubt when he went to bed that night that he was probably thinking about going to heaven, <laughs> right? I mean, he's probably, they were supposed to be, he was going to be installed, I think it was either this weekend or next weekend. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, wow, what a change. But I do know his faith, and, and, I, and I know he rests from his labors now. Did he understand what was going to happen? Probably not. But was his, his faith still there that God was going to preserve him no matter what, just like you and me? Absolutely. And that's a great assurance to have as Christians. So. Okay, any other thoughts on that? I'm sorry, it just doesn't go into much detail on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, their faith is obviously very firm. Great example for us to stand firm in that faith, to trust that God will preserve us. Um, you know, just as we pray, you know, we have prayer, prayer of the church every Sunday, and we pray for healing for all these people we list, but we also pray what? Thy will be done, right? So, you know, if you come to me, you're facing surgery, and I'll come, and we'll present our petitions to God. You know, please, you know, pre preserve, help the surgery to go well. But at the same time, uh, Lord, if it be your will <laughs> to take me now from this life, you know, uh, grant me a blessed death. And so we need to talk that way too. Okay, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ask the Lord your questions when you see him. I, I mean, why why he allows some to suffer, die for the faith, the others that he preserves, um, you know, uh, again, you know, um, you know, my my great grandma smoked two packs a day, maybe more, lived in 97, 98. <laughs> I'm not telling you to go smoke two packs a day. I'm just saying, you know, flies in the face of, of science and other things like that. So, I, I mean, why, you know, and other people that are healthy and, you know, exercise and eat right and, you know, whatever, have something happen. Um, the Lord knows your needs and will provide for you. All your days are written in the Lamb's book of life, Scripture says, the hairs of your head numbered. Um, no man can add to them. And uh, so that's why we talk about, you know, uh, when it's, it's, it's your time, it's your time. And, you know, this side of heaven, I'm not sure we always understand that, especially when it's the death of someone young uh, or even children. That one really drives us nuts. But uh, the Lord promises it's yet, yet for, for our good, ultimately. Okay. All right. One more quick question, and then we'll we'll try and get a little further on this. Yeah, so we must obey our God rather than, you know, obey God rather than men. If not, be it known to you, O king, so, so this is real now, their, their confession, that we will not serve your gods. And notice they don't say we, we won't serve or worship you, because obviously they have been serving Nebuchadnezzar, okay? Uh, but we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up, which of course is representing Neb, Okay. Uh, so this this is this is where we stand. Uh, we will go no further. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, where, where's your line? I mean, I think that's a question that every Christian have to ask to ask themselves: How far, you know, how far will you go? And I think maybe for our children as well, especially once they get up to that, uh, you know, <laughs> really that that kind of middle school age where they're exposed to so many more things. Um, and, and if not in person, even online, where, where's your line? And, uh, you know, and, and, and how far will you go with this, that, or the other? We need to, we need to talk that way and, and look to the examples of those who, who stood up in the face of that. Okay? Any other questions here? Let's move on a little bit. I don't want to drag it out too much. Larry? Yeah, and they were consumed. And we're not sure if there were three. Um, uh, he ordered some of the mighty men of his army. Could have been one for each man. Could have been more than that. Could have been two per person, you know. Um, just like, you know, if you've, you've gone to a prisoner or, a, you know, when, I, when I, I haven't made any yet here in Indiana, when I would go make a jail visit, uh, whether it was for county or for state, um, whenever a, a, a prisoner was being moved from room to room, there were always two guards, two guards that were always being moved, okay, uh, that were moving the prisoner. So that's possible. Yeah, don't know. Let's, let's jump into chapter four real quick. We've only got about five, six minutes left, and, and I want to get just a little bit ahead 
uh, give you something to think about because we're going to have two weeks off here on this. And go ahead if you have time. Daniel's a pretty short book, so in the next two weeks, if you just kind of want to read ahead, uh, would not be bad. Then we'll come back and handle some of the uh, some of the specific things. So King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. Okay? So far, so good? Hey, we can maybe add this to the Lutheran service book, huh? How great are His signs? How mighty are His wonders? His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion endures from generation to generation. Are you liking it? Hey, Neb's got it all figured out. Thanks be to God, right? We got a conversion taking that's taking place. I, Nebuchadnezzar, what is it was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me, he who is named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Sorry, I just had to pause there for a dramatic effect. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, Because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dreams that I saw and their interpretation. And that's not really how it took place, by the way, but he's the king. He can remember things however he wants. The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its top reached to heaven. It was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves are beautiful, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heaven lived in its branches, and all flesh were, was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches." But leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze, amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, And gives it to whom he will, and sets over it the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw. And you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Okay. So immediately following the fiery furnace, what happens next? He has another dream. He's got another dream. And we have references here to the Most High God, but at the same time, what else does Nebuchadnezzar still reference? All the other gods, okay? So what we see in King Nebuchadnezzar's mind is a little bit of a pecking order. Okay, so maybe there is kind of one God that's over all the other gods. 
okay? But the other gods, do you think he believes they're still real? What do you think? Do you believe other gods are actually real? You better not, okay? There is only, repeat after me, there is only one God. Thank you, okay? There is only one God. Um, and so um, we're, we're going to pick up on that a little bit in two weeks' time because this is where even amongst Christianity or just religion in general, people get off the beaten path quite often. There is only one God. Okay? Anything else is of the devil, the world, or your sinful nature. <laughs> Period. Okay. Last question, and then we're going to have to be done for today. He did go directly to Daniel. Yeah. Raise your hand if you've had something wrong with your car. Raise your other hand if you took it somewhere to get it fixed. Now raise the other hand if they actually did what you wanted them to do. Now raise your other hand if you're going to go back. If they actually fixed it and they did a good job and you don't feel like you were overcharged, you're probably going to do what? So yeah, he went back to Daniel. Okay, Daniel fixed his car, and uh, so he's, he's, he's a good mechanic. Um, so uh, we'll see how well this continues down the road uh, in some various ways. Okay, that's enough for today. Sorry to keep you too long. Hope we didn't bounce around too much. Lots of good fodder there. Let's stand and close with the Lord's Prayer. The Lord is yet with you as well. Always remember that. And trust and believe as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did that the Lord will preserve you not just here, but unto everlasting life. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Peace be with you. Amen.